Welcome in, everybody. It is a Friday, and I'm here at Riverwind Casino here every Friday to tell you what's happening at Riverwind because there's always something happening here at Riverwind Casino tonight. If you like steak, and who doesn't like steak? I mean, I, we got some vegetarians out there. I understand that, but if you like steak and you like a great deal, the River Buffet is for you. It is tonight. I am right over by the River Buffet. And all-you-can-eat steak, $29.99. Great side dishes, tremendous dessert bar afterwards. Can't go wrong with steak night here at Riverwind. Tomorrow night at the River Buffet, it is seafood night. Sunday's a great brunch. Always a great place to come dine here at Riverwind Casino. You also have Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, another great selection, and a big-time food court as well. Always, always, always great, great options for dining here at Riverwind Casino. We do have an American tragedy in our midst, though, right now. I am currently unable to watch Tiger Woods. Uh, the Masters app is not working. I, I can't get it. It's like need stronger signal or something. And uh, this is this is going to be very difficult, Parker. This is going to be very difficult. I cannot update the Masters leaderboard. I can't watch Tiger play golf. Well, this truly is an American tragedy. <laughs> Well, the good news, Steely, is that that's what you've got me for. I am your real-time Masters leaderboard update machine. By the way, uh, just as a you know, general the observation. The last time that I didn't watch. As a general yes. observation from the first couple of days of the Masters, Brooks Kepka's pretty good. Brooks Kepka won the live event in Orlando last week. He's healthy, man. He's healthy, and I last I saw, I can't update the leaderboard. He was at 11 under par, so you can check that uh, and see what the margin was. I think Jason Dave was at 8 under, but I can't update the, uh, the leaderboard, and I can't watch Tiger. Yeah, do you want the rundown so, here? Anyway. Here's your rundown. Sure, absolutely. Brooks Kepka right. finished with his second round. He paces the field at 12 under. Jason Day is minus four on the day through 14 at nine under for the tournament. Victor Hovland and John Rahm, of course, both, both shot seven under yesterday with a 65. They have yet to tee off. And then perhaps the, the surprise of the day in fifth place, sole possession of fifth place at the Masters, is one Stetson Bennett. Oh, no, wait, that's Sam Bennett. Amateur Sam Bennett. Two yeah, under Texas A&M. through 11 one, on the day. One to U.S. Dang it, I was hoping it was Stetson amateur Bennett. At Ridgewood. Yeah, Stetson Bennett's still incarcerated. No, I guess he got out. But, uh, yeah, Sam Bennett, Texas A&M, won the U.S. Sam at Ridgewood in New Jersey last year. And, uh, man, he's he's got game, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So you're telling me that Kepka has a three-shot lead. So I guess Kepka, he finished his round, right? You said he's done, Kepka? Kepka is finished, or shot is a 67 today on the heels of his 65 yesterday. So he's at 12 under through two rounds. Pretty good. Pretty good, and like I said, Brooks Kepka is healthy, and we know when he gets a lead in a major, he's tough to beat. Now, plus, he got, first of all, he played great yesterday. Again, shot 65. Clearly played very well again today to shoot 67. Uh, so he's going to be tough to beat. He is a tremendous front runner, and when he gets a lead in uh, major championships, he hasn't won at Augusta yet, but, you know, what he's done in other major championships, he's, he's tough to catch. So the guys that are out today, and Tiger's on the first hole right now, can't watch him, but he's on the first hole right now, and um, 
you know, uh, those guys are playing in tougher conditions. They probably, unless the weather changes, won't be able to finish their rounds today. And even if they're out there, it's supposed to get colder and windier. And uh, the scoring uh, conditions for Brooks Kepka were great this morning. So sometimes, you know, Justin Thomas, I heard uh, Justin Thomas uh, was talking to, I think it was, was it Bill Kratzer or, uh, no, it was Colt Nost on the Masters telecast this morning. They were talking about the conditions, and Colt Nost said, uh, yeah, just got a text from Justin Thomas, and he goes, will you please stop talking about how the conditions are going to be so bad this afternoon. We know already, LOL. So sometimes you get in the right wave, you know, and uh, that's uh, Kepka. Number one, you're playing great. You're healthy. You got your confidence back. You just won last week, and uh, you get great conditions this morning, and you go out and play well again, and all of a sudden you're 12 under par. You have a three-shot lead at Augusta. So he's going to be tough to catch. Uh, And uh, some stats on uh, you know, where you need to be after round one. We'll get into those a little bit later on. But let's start. Uh, I'm here at Riverwind, and again, they've got great promotions for April. The 30K Nest Egg Winnings promotion is happening, and the dates you need to know about are April 8th and April 22nd, Saturdays, all right? Get out and play with your wild card all the time at Riverwind. Get as many points on that wild card as you can. Hopefully on April 8th, they'll do the preliminary drawings at 2 o'clock. Those will last to 930 and uh, hopefully you'll hear your name called if you're playing a game. You've got your wild card, uh, you know, in the machine. They could call your name, and you could win $400 in cash. Uh, those are going to be happening every 30 minutes, April 8th and April 22nd, in the preliminary drawings from 2 until 9.30. And then um, later at 10.30, they're going to draw out some grand prize winners. And two grand prize winners on both of those dates are going to win $1,200 in cash and any unclaimed cash as well. So another great promotion for our friends here at Riverwind, uh, the 30K Nest Egg Winnings promotion. All right, uh, we will get to some uh, sound. We'll run the sound that we had planned, Parker, in segment number two. But let's talk about uh, today. Aaron Flowers expected to announce his commitment to Southern Cal tomorrow. You're going to be there to uh, attend Michael Hawkins' announcement, and everybody says that's going to be coming up crimson and cream for Oklahoma. Yeah, and by the way, Steely, Muleshoe isn't getting Aaron Flowers anymore. Really? Yeah. Did I miss something? I looked this morning. Well, what you missed is Tosh Lapoy. Really? Aaron Flowers is now in all likelihood. Explain the situation. Aaron Flowers is now in all likelihood going to be an Oregon Duck this afternoon. Really? Wow. So it changed. We we, we talked about the fact that there were reasons, right, why a kid might favor USC over Oklahoma, even with the discrepancy in the defensive reputation between those two, two programs. Well, those same reasons are the very reasons why a school like Oregon, should they come into the picture with renewed vigor late in the process, would be able to overcome Muleshoe and USC in this battle, which, needless to say, it appears they have. So Aaron Flowers no longer expected to be fighting on this afternoon. I have flipped my crystal ball prediction to favor the Oregon Ducks. However, the downside of that for Oklahoma is that, and I, I'd mentioned it for weeks, is that, look, if he commits to USC, if USC remains the odds-on favorite to get his pledge on April 7th, 
I'm not going to change my prediction because I think OU wins out in the end. Well, it's tough to have that same optimism when you're suddenly doing battle with Phil Knight University as opposed to Muleshoe and USC. Yeah, there, there's some NIL dollars available at Oregon. There's no doubt about it. That's weird because I had looked on 247. I think the last uh, time I checked was about 1045 this morning. I didn't see anything for Aaron Flowers. Uh, the only one I saw scrolling down in the crystal ball section was still to USC. So that's changed. And, again, uh, that is, uh, as you say, Parker, you don't think it's good news for Oklahoma because uh, if you're still going to try and land uh, – uh, Aaron Flowers, if you're battling Oregon, then there there would have to probably be a bidding war. Yeah, you, going, going to battle with Oregon in this type of recruitment is a different animal entirely as it pertains to the comparison of going to battle with USC, right? And so Oklahoma, right. I, I firmly believe if Aaron Flowers would have committed at USC today, Oklahoma would have flipped him by the end of the cycle. And they're, they're not going to give up on the kid, even if he commits to Oregon later today. But it's just tough to believe that all things considered, he's going to be as eager to say no to Oregon in favor of Oklahoma as he would have been to say no to USC in favor of Oklahoma when time comes to put pen to paper. Again, not saying OU is out of the race by any means. All I'm saying is the battle just got a whole lot harder for Oklahoma to win. There you go. It's it's like uh, Tiger trying to make the cut today. By the way, uh, Twitter is working temporarily now, and uh, par is down for Tiger on hole number one. He is still at uh, two over par. Uh, I haven't seen what the projected cut line is going to be, but Tiger has never missed the cut at Augusta as a pro. So that might happen today, but he has his par down on number one. I just checked the Masters app. It is still not giving me the video option, so... This will be the first time I haven't seen Tiger play at Augusta in forever. It's really, really a, a tragedy is what it is. All right. Uh, by the way, we want to thank Jim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. They always sponsor our first hour here on the ref. All right, Sammy Brown's visit to OU. What are we hearing? Number one linebacker in the country. Apparently, he likes Oklahoma quite a bit. He does like Oklahoma quite a bit. And, you know, I said it even going into the OU visit for Sammy Brown is that OU was kind of emerging as the number two school in this race behind Clemson. And he's been to Clemson eight times. This was his second visit to OU. So OU is still somewhat hamstrung in the race, right? They're they're playing catch-up. They're playing catch-up with Clemson. And it's hard to sit here and say that that's a battle Oklahoma should be favored to win in the end, and OU's going to press very hard. They've got Brent Venables working for them in this recruiting battle now as opposed to for Clemson, but I I still favor the Tigers right now. Clemson is still where the safe money is. It feels like this visit closed the gap. I'll say that much, but Oklahoma still has work to do if they want to overcome Dabo Sweeney. There you go. And I saw the Sooners made the top 11 for Kobe Black. What kind of shot does uh, OU have at the uh, cornerback? Not much of one. I mean, they have a shot, sure, but I tend to believe he heads elsewhere right now. There you go. All right, and uh, once again, the Michael Hawkins decision tomorrow. 
Uh, Parker updated you on the uh, late happenings that uh, has changed the situation with Aaron Flowers today. He is still making an announcement today, right? Yes, the commitment is still coming down today. It's just now expected to be Oregon instead of USC. Well, we should, you know, we can celebrate that at least, uh, an L for Muleshoe. Those are always fun, no doubt. All right, uh, so Parker's going to keep an eye on the Masters leaderboard for us. Brooks Kepke in command right now. And, uh, you, you know, if you're another golfer out there, you do not like that sentence, Brooks Kepka in command, because usually when he gets a lead in a major, he is a, a very strong closer, and he's clearly uh, the big favorite heading into the weekend. We'll see what happens, again, weather-wise today, but the uh, players out there in the afternoon wave expected to have much more difficult conditions if they can even get the round in, which is uh, unlikely unless the weather changes. All right, break time here at my favorite place other than Chase Stadium and Augusta National, Riverwind Casino. It's Friday. Text line's available, 405-651-3439. Let's come back, talk some more Sooner football next. All right, welcome back. You just heard that uh, Beats and Bites is back for 2023. They do have a great lineup, as you heard. We also have shows coming back to the Showplace Theater here at Riverwind Casino beginning on June 23rd. And what a way to start. We haven't had shows at the Showplace Theater in three-plus years now, so let's get it back, and let's get it back in style. June 23rd, Earth, Wind, and Fire. That will be awesome. June 23rd, Earth, Wind, and Fire. In July, you've got three great shows. Collective Soul, July 21st. Josh Turner, July 28th. Gabriel Iglesias, the uh, comedian, July 29th. And August, August 19th, that is Dwight Yoakam. August 25th, that is the Counting Crows on the stage at the Showplace Theater. And then in September, September 8th, REO Speedwagon. Chicago on September 15th. That's a heck of a lineup. Keep in mind, we're just getting warmed up. We're just getting started. Many more great acts will be coming to the Showplace Theater. It is going to be so awesome to have that back as a concert venue here at Riverwind Casino. You can get your tickets for all of those shows at the box office uh, right in front of the uh, Showplace Theater or online at riverwind.com. All right, uh, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's start with this. Uh, opinions on Oklahoma and Texas heading into their last year in the Big 12. Let's first hear Joel Klatt saying recently that he is buying Oklahoma Sooner stock for this fall. There was really only two games that they got blown out. And by the way, in both of those games, they basically lost their quarterback. Either either he was knocked out of the game, Dylan Gabriel against TCU, or didn't play in, in the Texas game. And then when he was on the field, what did they do? Played one possession games. Unfortunately, they lost them all. They were like the direct opposite of what TCU was this year. TCU was a team that when they got into a close game, they ended up winning that close game. And here's Oklahoma 0-5 in one-score games. So here's an Oklahoma team that won six games, and then they were 0-5 in one-score games. That easily flips. And when you're talking about possibly being in the top 10, you know, so I'm talking about top 12 teams in the country or better at the end of the year, what do all those teams have in common? Generally speaking, they have 10 or more victories. And I think Oklahoma could be in that category. They're a team that could climb very easily. 
This is a team that under Brent Venables has done a great job in recruiting. And with Dylan Gabriel back and healthy, I just don't see a reason why Oklahoma can't improve dramatically. There you go. Joel Klatt uh, talking up the Sooners and uh, Parker. It's what you were talking about when we discussed this subject is that, you know, if you're playing Oklahoma football, you're playing better, uh, obviously. And, and I think we all think they're going to improve over last year. How can it get any worse? You're going to win, uh, you know, those one possession games that you didn't win a year ago. May not win all of them, but you're going to win uh, a larger chunk of them you would think. So uh, what do you think of uh, Klatt's assessment of OU for the fall? No, I think it's a very, very good point that he brings up, and it's one thing that we've talked about quite a bit, Steely, is the reality that a lot of those one-possession games are going to go OU's way in 2023 because things tend to regress to the mean. And I think the last couple of years, Oklahoma fans have seen completely opposite ends of the spectrum in that regard because you rewind to 2021 – OU won a ton of one-possession games, a lot of games that shouldn't have been one-possession games, but games that were one-possession nonetheless. And that was kind of everybody's hesitance and skepticism as the season dragged on with Oklahoma is, okay, how sustainable is this? Because they're not playing well against teams that they should beat by decidedly more than a single possession, and they're having to hang on. And so in 2021... OU was probably not nearly as good as that 11-2 and record would indicate. And in 2022, I would argue it was exactly the opposite. They were not nearly as bad as that 6-7 and record would indicate. Just in 2021, you won pretty much all of your one-score games. The Oklahoma State game at the end of the year was the only one that didn't go the Sooners' direction. And in 2022, there wasn't a single one-possession game that they won. So, you've seen both ends of the spectrum over the last two seasons. 2023 is kind of where I start to think you split the difference. All right. As for the uh, Longhorns, last season obviously in the Big 12 as well before heading to the SEC. Uh, Let's get a take on Texas. This one coming from Greg McElroy, former Alabama quarterback, college football analyst, does the sports radio show. Uh, with Cade Kubelik in uh, Birmingham. Here's what he had to say about the horns. He's high on the horns. I think Texas this year, when you look at the roster, I mean, just look at the roster. Tell me a roster in the Big 12 you would rather have. Tell me a roster. I'm talking 1 through 85. If you say someone, I'm going to disagree with you because I've studied the rosters. And to me, Texas has the best roster. Right there, I look at the schedule. And I'm not trying to have unrealistic expectations for Texas fans. I think you should be at worst 10-2 and two in a game. I think 9-3 and three is the bare minimum. I mean, Texas has a chance this year to be last year's Florida State. That's the way I see it. Like, I think by season's end, people are going to start saying, Texas is back. Uh, I think they'll probably be favored in all but maybe two, maybe three games. Wow! There you go. What do you think? Greg McElroy likes him some burnt orange, I guess. Is he like what year is it, Steely? Is it 2023? Is it 2019? Is it 2014? Like you could you could regurgitate that soundbite. Or you could you could have someone listen to that soundbite and ask them to identify what year it was, what year it came from. And it could legitimately be any one of the last 12 years because that's always what the, that handful of national pundits are saying 
about Texas football every single offseason. Now they got the best roster. The schedule's conducive to double di- No, no, it's not. It's not because we're dealing with the University of Texas. At what point are people going to square with reality? I am at the point with Texas and have been where I have to see it to believe it. I have to see that team get to a Big 12 championship and contend and put themselves in the playoff conversation before I'm going to believe that it happens because you can't look at that Texas roster, Greg McElroy, and you can't convince me that it's better than the Texas roster a year ago that featured B. John Robinson and Rashawn Johnson in the backfield, most conspicuously. That Texas roster this year is not as good as that Texas roster last year, and that Texas roster last year won eight games, which has been the norm for Texas. Yep. And uh, it, it's rarely a roster question with Texas because they're always going to recruit well, no question about it. But it's always been a culture winning issue for Texas, right? And you can point back, yes, to the Vince Young year, and Texas has had, you know, some success, obviously. But for the most part, we consider Texas an underachiever. I mean, we all. Laugh at the Sam Ellinger clip, you know, Longhorn Nation, we're back. And we're like, yeah, right. But, uh, you know, it's just not going to change. That almost every year is going to be the take on Texas. Oh, man, this roster, look at it. Even though you're right, Bijan Robinson, uh, you know, most people would say if he wasn't the best college uh, running back a year ago, he was right there, clearly. And, uh, you know, they had more uh, – I think that roster had more depth. We'll see. I'm still not sold on Quinn Ewers yet. Every now and then he looks like uh, Tom Brady. Very rarely, though. More often he looks like, you know, some kid that's overrated. But uh, we'll see. I'm You know, and I've got to see the future with Arch Manning. Who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, I guess Malik Murphy was still taking second-team snaps, but – Again, we think of Texas as, man, that that is a roster. All right, that's a pretty good roster, and I agree with you. It's not as good as it was a year ago, but every year people are going to oversell Texas and overhype Texas, and uh, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. Texas, I would think, you know, some of those preseason polls are going to have Texas in the top ten. Clearly they'll be in the top 25, but some will have them in the top ten. All right, number one is right here. Riverwind Casino, not top 10. We're talking about top one. It is your best casino experience in the Oklahoma City metro area. They have the best games, best promotions. They have uh, the best bars and dining. They've got an incredible hotel, a really cool gift shop. Uh, Just so many options besides just coming out here and winning, uh, as many people do here at Riverwind Casino. All right, let's get to your text. When we get back, we'll get a master's update as well. Uh, Tiger, I think was on number two and was looking at a par putt if i'm reading it right because twitter seems to be working i just can't fire up the uh, masters app and push out the video here but we'll keep you updated and again text line available to you 405-651-3439 coming right back here on the ref back here at riverwind heading into the weekend on a uh, Friday, always love being out here, Riverwind Casino, simply the best river buffet tonight featuring steak night, which would be a great dining option. Come on out here, win a little money, and have a great uh, steak meal, all-you-can-eat steak out here at Riverwind Casino. All right, so I did see Tiger made par 
at uh, the second hole, the par five. He's only birdied uh, one of the par fives, so that's five opportunities. He birdied 15 yesterday, but you got to be much better on the par fives at Augusta, no doubt. And uh, so currently he is on the third hole. Tiger is at two over par. The projected cut line right now is one over par, so Tiger's got work to do. Now, it might move up to two over. We'll see. But, uh, or, you know, depending on how the, the afternoon scores go and depending on if they can get their rounds in in the afternoon, it, it might maybe go up to three. But right now it is at plus one. So Tiger w- is on the verge, if he doesn't uh, turn it around, of missing his first cut as a pro at Augusta National. All right, and Brooks Kepka in the lead at 12 under par. Uh, Parker? So, uh, Michael Hawkins' announcement again tomorrow. You will be there covering that. A lot of our hardcore Ref Army audience knows what Michael Hawkins is all about. But for those who are maybe, you know, not the huge recruiting uh, fanatics out there, they just kind of pay attention to it a little bit, what would you tell them about Michael Hawkins and what Oklahoma looks like it's going to get with Michael Hawkins tomorrow? Yeah, and Michael Hawkins, what you get is a tremendous athlete at the quarterback position, and I think that's what sets him apart from everybody on the roster right now at Oklahoma at QB. And look, Jackson Arnold is a plus athlete. Dylan Gabriel is a plus athlete. But when you look at Michael Hawkins, the comparison that I've made several times on these airwaves is he's he gives me some Braxton Miller vibes in that maybe he's not – as polished of a thrower as some of his peers. If you're stacking him up against Jackson Arnold, obviously Arnold's the better thrower, and he he has more finesse to his game in that regard. But Hawkins is an elite athlete with a ton of speed, open field elusiveness, agility, and so the question becomes how good of a passer can he develop into under the tutelage of Jeff Levy because – if you can turn that kid into a top-tier passer at the collegiate level, there's where you're talking about a Heisman contender one day because the athleticism is not in question, and he can bring so much to an offense with his ability to run the football and make guys miss in the open field and pick up chunk gains with his legs. So the ceiling is off the charts for Michael Hawkins. It just comes down to being able to refine and sharpen his skills as a passer. And so that's going to be the challenge. That's going to be the task for Jeff Levy and the Sooner staff if and when they get Michael Hawkins on board, which, again, we expect to happen tomorrow. It's going to be okay. You got one of the best athletes of the last few cycles at the quarterback position. Now – what can you turn him into at the collegiate level once you get the chance to work with him on the practice field and start to hammer out some of the imperfections in his game? But, again, it's nice to have a guy that has imperfections in terms of his ability to – Well, quite frankly, it's nice to have a guy – that you know is going to improve and that you can improve as a passer and that you don't have to improve as a raw athlete. There you go. So uh, once again, that is the breakdown from uh, Parker on Michael Hawkins. The Sooners expected to uh, secure his commitment tomorrow uh, in that uh, ceremony. And again, uh, that will be uh, commitment number two for the Sooners in this class. Jeremiah Newcomb, the cornerback from Arizona, would be the first. All right, 405-651-3439. That's the text line. 
Let's get to the text line and see what you folks want to talk about today. From the 405, Steely, if you don't get to see Tiger, it will be because he missed the cut. That would be because he sucks now. He is uh, still a good player who's had a lot of injury issues. And uh, you know what? Only one guy can win. He is. Uh, he can still hit a lot of the shots. I think it's a physical issue. Look, I said I don't think Tiger's going to win again. I, I, I don't um, because, you know, he's going to play limited tournaments. He's not going to get many reps. Uh, I think probably the next victory you see for Tiger Woods will be on the Champions Tour uh, down the road. And I can't believe I'm saying that because I never thought that Tiger would play on the Champions Tour. But – uh, the Bear, Jack Nicholas, said that he thinks Tiger will because he, he can't turn off that competitive switch that he has. He'll, he'll want to get out there and compete. And on the Champions Tour, if he still has leg problems, and he's always going to have them to a certain extent, but at least, you know, he, he I think, would feel better about using a cart out there. So, look, uh, it's just uh, Tiger is uh, beat up. He's still a pretty good physical specimen, but uh, particularly, I know Augusta is a course he knows inside and out, but it's also a very difficult walking course, which makes it more challenging than for Tiger than it ever has been, in my opinion. Back to the right, text line back here. To the text line. Uh, <laughs> Mike from Ardmore says, ESPN did 15 minutes of watching Tiger stretch. Jeez. Well, that's what happens when you're the face of the sport and have been for a quarter century. Yeah, there, there's nobody in sports over the last, uh, you know, Tiger won in 97. Obviously, that was the win for the ages victory to get the green jacket. So for the last, uh, uh, what is that, 26 years, quarter century, as you mentioned, Tiger Woods has been the guy that has moved the needle more than any other athlete in his sports. I mean, in his sport, because you look at the ratings, you know, for the PGA Tour when they're, you know, they're uh, televising a non-Tiger tournament and versus the tournaments that Tiger plays in. And I'm not just talking about the majors. I'm talking about the Memorial or the Farmers Insurance Open or Bay Hill tournaments like that the numbers i mean they almost double and in many on many occasions they do double so yeah that so look people still want to watch tiger woods even though he's not the threat he used to be and the reason you see tiger woods i've said this forever they show tiger too much that's because he gets ratings Drew from Plower Mount on the text line says ESPN was talking to Abraham Answer while he was at the range hitting. Yeah, that's the lone sooner in this field, Abe Answer. He right now, he shot yeah, 72 cool. yesterday. He's one under through three holes right now. So uh, that's a guy that's trending towards making the cut. Uh, but, again, the day has really Good been. Good player. And, uh, yeah, the tournament so far has he's really never been, been about lo- the uh, excellence of Brooks Kepka. He's 12 under, five oh, yeah. shots up. On anybody else right now in the field, Victor Hovland, John Rahm, and amateur Sam Bennett all tied for second place right now at seven under. You know, as we talked about earlier, good luck. Good luck. I mean, could Kepka collapse? Yeah, I mean, he could, but when he gets a hold of a major, usually he has a stranglehold on that major. And I know that things can change quickly at Augusta, particularly on the back nine. Uh, it's not a U.S. Open kind of course. But, uh, you know, there are more risk-reward opportunities out there for players who really want to go for it uh, to try and catch him. 
But I, you know, I'm not ten out of ten on Kepka winning yet. But I'm about at an eight five right now. He's going to be hard to beat. Really, eight point five. Halfway through this tournament, we're. I mean, I I think that's fair to regard Kepka as the heavy favorite right now. But you said it right. It's one thing to play well on Thursday and Friday, but so often at Augusta, we see guys make big moves one direction or the other. Saturday and Sunday. I mean, you rewind to Tiger's last win at the Masters in 2019, right? Francesco Molinari went into the final day with the leg up on the competition, and that did not last. So right now it looks like it's going to be up to – it looks like this top tier, these four guys, Kepka, Sam Bennett, Victor Hovland, John Rahm, those look to be the four guys that are going to be vying for – the championship comes Sunday because there is some distance between them and the rest of the field right now. Hovland and Rombo shot 65s yesterday. They haven't even, well, I guess they both have teed off now. Uh, Hovland has finished the first hole. Rom has not yet. Um, but those guys are going to be the ones that are best suited to contend with Kepka. Scotty Scheffler, he's two over through 12 holes. He's going to make the cut, but he's down there at uh, two under right now, tied for 23rd. So the defending champion not making a whole lot of noise early on in the process. How about Phil? 300 today, 400 for the tournament. Yeah, Phil's lost some weight. And, uh, you know, uh, beyond Tiger, he's the guy who knows that course the best. Um, you know, it's, it's really weird, Phil's deal. You know, apparently hardly spoke at all at the champion's dinner. This, uh, You know, I don't think the uh, – those guys are like trash talking each other or anything like that they they all talk about that i mean look rory doesn't like what's going on with lib tiger doesn't like what's going on with lib the lift golfers you know played a couple practice rounds uh some of them anyway with pga tour players but phil it seems to have affected him uh quite a bit by the way stat for the masters before we get to a break uh, a couple of them since 2011 only one winner from outside the top 10 after round one is one and that was Tiger in 2019, and he was 11th. So these were the players yesterday inside the top 10. Brooks Kepka, John Rahm, Victor Hovland, Cameron Young, Jason Day, Xander Shoffley, Shane Lowry, Adam Scott, Gary Woodland, Scotty Scheffler, Sam Bennett, the amateur champion from Texas A&M, and Sam Burns. So if that trend holds true, one of those guys will be your Masters champion. And right now, it's certainly looking like it would be Brooks Kepka. All right, break time. We've got another segment of your text. Keep them flowing in. 405-651-3439. Brandon Drum will join us coming up. And that will be at 135. I did see a 2025 crystal ball from Brandon that we'll talk about for the Sooners when we get back. Stay with us here on The Ref. Here at Riverwind, it is a Friday heading into the weekend. Good to have you with us. All right, welcome back. And if you're thinking about a dining option tonight, where can we go? What can we, uh, you know, do something different? Well, uh, a lot of options out here at Riverwind Casino, Chips and Ales. Uh, pub restaurant is a great option. They've got uh, really great pub food, not a bad seat in the house. You can watch games. Uh, at your booth, uh, so you know you want to watch whatever game. 
uh, tonight. Uh, they've got those options for you at your individual booth and up at the bar. And, of course, the River Buffet tonight, it is steak night, all-you-can-eat steak tonight at uh, the River Buffet, which is really, really good. All right, so I saw that Brandon Crystal Ball, Grayson Harris, the uh, wide receiver from Ennis, Texas, right, in the 2025 class to OU. That is correct, and I I fully expect that Grayson Harris is going to be the next commit in the class of 2025 for Oklahoma. I think that one could be done very soon. Tell us, uh, what do you see in this Ennis, Texas? Yeah, so he's a little bit undersized in comparison to some of the wide receiver offers Oklahoma has made, but if you do watch the tape, he's a dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands. He's football fast, man. He's not just track fast. He's football fast, and it shows up on tape. He's a two-sport standout, got the baseball offer from Skip Johnson and Cruz. So just overall, all around, a very, very impressive athlete. I'd had a crystal ball in for him since the day he got the offer from Oklahoma back on January 31st because that was always kind of the dream offer for him. Emmett Jones had known him for a long time and had previously been recruiting him at Texas Tech. So as a kid that grew up an Oklahoma fan, the fit made and does make a lot of sense for Grayson Harris. So uh, I figure that's a kid that's going to be in Oklahoma's 2025 class within a matter of a couple months and no longer. There you go. So it would be, uh, and of course they got the uh, the commitment from uh, Kevin Sperry as well, the quarterback. So we'll see uh, uh, who would be next in line. Brandon's going to be on with us, by the way, today, as he always is at 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, let's get a few more texts in before we get out of here for uh, hour number one. Phil Mickelson lost weight and his hair. Is he ill? I, not that I know of. I mean, Phil has had that psoriatic uh, arthritis issue for a while. He just said that he decided he was going to lose some weight, and uh, the hair does look a lot shorter and a lot more gray. Maybe it's part of, uh, you know, I think his reputation, and look, there are always going to be hardcore Phil Mickelson fans out there, but I do think the fact that his reputation to a certain extent has taken a hit with the Live Golf stuff, He's not quite as popular as he used to be. And some people will tell you, yeah, Phil's just always been a phony or whatever. But there's still a lot of loyal, hardcore lefty fans out there. But I do think maybe the fact that his rep has taken a little bit of a hit, maybe that's that's affected him. I mean, stress can do uh, strange things to people. Elsewhere on the text line, uh, Sam Bennett is playing out of his mind right now, says Ty from Bartlesville. Yeah, Sam Bennett, the amateur one of, I, th- I believe, only four amateurs. Oh, no, there's six amateurs in the field. Uh, none of the other five are on track to make the cut. Sam Bennett is in second place. Has sole possession of second place right now. Four under on the day through 14 holes. Eight under on the tournament. Trails only Brooks Kepka, who is 12 under with his first two rounds completed. So, yes, Sam Bennett is indeed playing out of his mind right now. There you go. Yeah, U.S. Amateur Champion uh, won at Ridgewood uh, last summer uh, to win the USAM, playing out of Texas A&M, and uh, had a great round yesterday and backing it up again today, backing it up again today. All right, Tiger, by the way, uh, is playing the fourth hole, that long par three, and is currently at two over par. The projected cut line right now, and it could change, is one over par. So 
Tiger has got to, you know, take advantage of uh, in the pin locations and the uh, conditions are more difficult right now than they certainly were yesterday, at least at this point in the afternoon. They were still pretty good for Brooks Kepka this morning, but um, he needs to take advantage of, uh, you know, he's got to go make some birdies, period, and uh, particularly take advantage of those par fives, and he's only he's had five chances so far, and he's only had one birdie on the par fives yesterday on 15. Okay, uh, let's get a couple more texts in, and we'll get out of here for hour one. From Blacktop Billy, okay, sorry if I missed you saying it, but do we still have a chance with flowers today, or is that over? Uh, no, Billy, unfortunately, it definitely looks like Aaron Flowers is going to be a duck when that announcement comes down today. So, looked for a while like he was going to head out to SoCal with Muleshoe, but then Oregon came along and said, hey, Come on up to Eugene and play for Nike University. And uh, there's, uh, needless to say, there have been some things that have gone on behind the scenes in that recruitment over the last couple of days to help change the, uh, to help shift the sands, as it were. But yes, Oregon now considered the favorite for Aaron Flowers, the four-star safety out of Forney, Texas. That's a kid that Oklahoma led for for quite a while. But doing battle with Oregon is not the same as doing battle with USC. I would have felt that Oklahoma could have flipped him from USC. Not sure if they'll be able to do the same with Oregon. Well, at least we can celebrate a loss for Muleshoe. That's always a great victory. So I'll do a couple uh, cartwheels and a backflip here during this commercial break because Muleshoe lost a prospect. That's always good. That's always good. Here at Riverwind on a Friday, good to have you with us. We've got Brandon Drum next hour on the Riverwind Hotline talking sooner recruiting at 135. Keep it here on the ref. Here at Riverwind on a great-looking Friday. Every Friday really is great-looking, though, right? I mean, even if it's miserable outside, it's still Friday. Always looks good. Always looks good. Tiger just made a uh, par-saving putt on the fourth hole, drilled his uh, birdie putt by, uh, and I'm reading this directly off uh, TW Legion, Tiger Woods Legion on Twitter. Uh, a big putt made there to save par. So he's currently two over through four today. Uh, we'll see what holds for the weather this afternoon and the rain and what they've been projecting. But uh, the current cut is looking to be one over par, so Tiger has some work uh, to be done. But he has never missed the cut at Augusta as a pro. So if he doesn't, that obviously would be a first. Want to thank the Seth Wadley Auto Group and Paul's Valley, our hour two sponsor here on Steelman and Thune. Great deals and a great, great deal for you after the sale, making you feel extremely confident about dealing with the Seth Wadley Auto Group, and that is they offer oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That's Seth's personal guarantee. There's a lot of enunciating there. That is Seth's personal guarantee. And uh, they've got everything you're looking for, cars, trucks, SUVs, pre-owned vehicles. They're all on the lot there at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Here at Riverwind, uh, the news, the biggest news out here lately is that shows are coming back to the Showplace Theater. We will start on June 23rd with Earth, Wind & Fire. It's been over three years since we've had a show in the Showplace Theater. Everybody's life changed, right, during the pandemic. It changed everything. But... They're back, 
and you can get excited about the first show. Earth, Wind, and Fire, June 23rd. Collective Soul, July 21st. Uh, Josh Turner on July 28th. We are also looking at Gabriel Iglesias on July 29th. That'll be a, a good show by a funny comedian. August 19th, Dwight Yoakam, County Crows, August 25th. REO Speedwagon, September 8th. And Chicago on September 15th. By the way, the inaugural No Bogies with Baker and Emily event, benefiting Meals on Wheels of Norman, presented by Riverwind Casino. That's right. Baker and Emily will be out Friday, April April 21st from uh, noon to 3 at Top Golf in Oklahoma City. OU legends, former OU players will be in town for the spring game. They'll be attending as well. They'll have a barbecue lunch for attendees. The silent auction and raffle will happen as well. It's an opportunity uh, to meet Baker and Emily Mayfield and other OU legends. The uh, There are tickets available, 28 tickets still available, all right? And event tickets can be purchased at MealsOnWheelsNorman.com. That is MealsOnWheelsNorman.com. Dot com proceeds from the uh, the scramble will help provide meals to the uh, the sick the disabled and the elderly population of Norman so once again the inaugural no bogies with Baker and Emily event benefiting meals on wheels presented by Riverwind and we want to let you know there are 28 tickets still available if you're a big sooner fan you want to be out there meet and greet picture opportunities autograph opportunities and uh, all of this for a great cause. Riverwind always gives back. Baker and Emily do as well. Uh, event tickets can be purchased at MealsOnWheelsNorman.com. That's MealsOnWheelsNorman.com. All right, uh, DJ Graham. Everybody, the DJ Graham highlight play is always going to be the one-handed interception against Nebraska a couple years ago. But maybe he can create his own highlight reel playing on the other side of the football. He initially came to Norman as a wide receiver, and he is back working with the wide receivers. Uh, made that decision late last year, worked with the scout team some, and uh, has been going through drills, obviously, in Norman. And DJ said uh, right now he's just trying to work his way into the mix. It was my first time being on scout team, but it was great practice. You know, I'm going against Brent Venable's defense. It was making me better as a as a receiver, and it was just getting me back in the groove. You know, it was a lot of things that I was like, oh, okay, you know, I kind of forgot about that. Oh, I forgot. I got to, you know, I got to get my steps back on certain routes. So it was good. You know, I, I'm so glad that he allowed me to play on scout team to, you know, get my get my feedback on myself. It's going great. Matter of fact, uh, it's glad to be back. Glad to be back in uh, the position I've always wanted to play. What do you think, Parker? Uh, does DJ Graham have a chance to be a uh, a significant part of the rotation there? We we all look at Jalil Farouk as the the number one guy, and Drake Stoop certainly as number two. And then I know you love Nick Anderson, and there are a lot of other candidates out there, uh, you know, to be the other guy. But uh, what kind of chance does DJ Graham have? Well, I think he's got a great chance, especially if he can stay healthy, because. That's kind of the holdup for so many receivers in Oklahoma's room right now, right? You look at J.J. Hester and Nick Anderson, two guys that have had prolonged injury histories, and it's pretty wide open at this point behind Jalil Farouk and Drake Stoops. And I would say Gavin Freeman also comprises that upper echelon. But D.J. Graham, by virtue of his size, his athleticism, his overall skill set at the wide receiver position, 
I think he's got a great chance to make a dent in his first season playing wideout at Oklahoma. It just, man, it comes down to how he continues to progress, not just in spring, but once you get into fall camp, because I don't think we're going to have any semblance of an idea how the wide receivers are going to shake out on the depth chart at the conclusion of spring. I don't think we're going to be sitting there at Yo Pablo after the spring game on April 22nd going, yep, here are your top four wide receivers at Oklahoma. I don't think that's the case. Again, you got Drake Stoops, you got your little Farouk. I think there's a lot of snaps for Gavin Freeman in this offense as well. But between DJ Graham, LV Bunkley Shelton, Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson, and of course you got to throw in the newcomers, guys like Jaquay's Petaway and uh, Keon Brown, and of course the Michigan transfer, Andrell Anthony, who has really, really impressed throughout spring. It's anybody's game, and it's just a matter of who makes the most of the opportunities that they're given. All right, 405-651-3439. That is our uh, text line here at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. It is steak night at the River Buffet. Always a great experience out here at Riverwind. They are in the uh, fourth quarter uh, of their renovation project. They have one area left to renovate. The renovation uh, looks spectacular. All the areas that have been remodeled, it's uh, even better than it was before. And they have one area left. So, Big-time things always happening here at Riverwind Casino. But let's get to the text line, Parker. Let's do that. Okay, to the text line we go. Projected cut has dropped to plus two. Mustang Casey wants to know, do you think Tiger will actually finish the round today or fake another injury and withdraw to avoid the embarrassment of missing the cut because he sucks? We got ourselves a full-fledged troll, don't we? (laughs) Well, at the very least, a Tiger hater. The, uh, you know, I, I think we kind of found out later that those people, and there was always this select group, oh, Tiger again, of another back injury, and then it was all proven that, yeah, his back issues have been real and are even worse than before. So, look, I, Tiger Woods has gutted it out as much or more than any other golfer. I mean, with the possible exception of Ben Hogan, who came back after he was hit by a bus. His car was hit by a bus and came back and won some major championships. But, yeah, I, I don't doubt his, uh, you know, I I really don't think he was faking that stuff. But, look, there are a lot of Tiger haters out there, and they're always going to say that. Trolls are going to troll. Kyle from Shawnee says, I heard L.V. Bunkley Shelton had a heck of a scrimmage on Thursday. Man, L.V. Bunkley Shelton has had a heck of a spring. I think that guy and Andrell Anthony, from everything I've heard, from the breadth of intel that I've received from talking to sources in and around the program, it seems that those are the two guys that have turned the most heads at the wide receiver position. Now, that does not necessarily mean that those are the two best wide receivers on your roster. Those are just two guys that have really, really stood out and exceeded expectations throughout the spring. So, yeah, L.V. Bunkley, Shelton, we talked about it yesterday. This is a guy that's played a lot of Power 5 football, not necessarily at Oklahoma because he only got a few snaps here and there last year, but he was a regular in the offense at Arizona State in the two seasons that he was there. So that's a guy I do think if things break his way and he can maintain the momentum from the spring heading into the fall, then he could be a key cog in this passing attack. As Again, as much so as anybody. Beyond Jalil Farouk and Drake Stoops, it is anybody's game as far as who rises up and earns regular playing time at wide receiver for Oklahoma. 
All right, 405-651-3439. That is our text line. You guys are keeping it rolling again today. Appreciate that. Let's get a few more in. Don't forget, we've got uh, uh, Brandon Drum coming up at 135, joining us talking sooner recruiting and more at 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Tyler from Kellyville says, Happy Gilmore, Happy Gilmore got hit by a slug bug and he still competed. Happy Gilmore, you know, the only thing is he couldn't take Bob Barker. That's the only That's the only thing. By the way, to me, that's one of the greatest scenes in cinematic history. Uh, when they sit down and they're brainstorming the, the script and ideas, you know what we need to do is we need to get Happy Gilmore in one of those celebrity pro-ams. Let's, let's have him play against, like, who's a guy that everybody in America knows and likes? Uh, okay, let's get Bob Barker. And then we'll have them get into a fight on the course. And it was cinematic magic. Don't you agree? (laughs) Oh, man. By the way, quick Masters scoreboard update. A lot of folks were high on Rory heading into this tournament, Steely. I believe he had the second-best odds behind Scotty Scheffler to win the tournament. Uh, Unless he makes a drastic turnaround here over the course of the last four holes, he is not going to make the cut. He's four over today. Four over wow. for the tournament after shooting 72 yesterday. So he needs at least two birdies, probably three, over the last four holes to make the cut and make it to the weekend. Man, and he was playing really well coming into this event. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And I would say outside of Tiger right now, Rory is the most popular guy out there. So uh, that's certainly disappointing. I hope he makes a comeback. I, I love Rory. He's great. Um, you know, remember Rory when he first came out? He was the pudgy kid with the long hair. Didn't look athletic at all. I mean, at all. <laughs> Had a great golf swing, and he was uh, Northern Ireland's version of Tiger. He was, like, going on uh, shows, TV shows at a very early age, uh, you know, chipping the ball into, a, like, a washing machine and stuff like that as a kid. So he was a prodigy, a little bit like, not to the extent that Tiger was, but he certainly uh was expected to be a really good player but i mean the transformation that he made you look at the young pictures of rory mcelroy versus today it it looks like a totally different person again tiger woods straddling the cut line right now two over par tied for 50th even on the day through four holes some of the others that aren't expected to make the cut at this point in time Francesco Molinari, who, of course, went toe-to-toe with Tiger Woods uh, on the final day of the Masters in 2019. He's at four over through his first two rounds. Uh, Former Masters champion Danny Willett, six over through his first two rounds. He's not going to make the cut. Sergio Garcia is three over on the day, five over for the tournament. He's in all likelihood not going to make the cut. Uh, And then you have Louis Oosthuizen and Bubba Watson, both at eight over in the midst of their second round. So those guys not going to make the cut either. Uh, Fred Couples is going to get to the weekend. It's looking Freddy, like. You know, Freddie is one under for the tournament. Even par on the day through 11 holes. Pars on pars on pars for Fred Couples. Freddie loves Augusta, man. He definitely loves Augusta. Danny Willett, uh, look, it was a great, great Sunday for him. One of the worst Masters champions ever. He's the one who benefited from the Jordan Spieth splashdown at number 12. Remember yep. when Spieth knocked it in the water and uh, then he uh, his chip shot that he also came back in the water. Uh, so And uh, the door was swung open for somebody else. And uh, just kind of like Charles Schwartzel did when Rory fell apart, right? 
uh, Schwartzel wins, and then uh, Danny Willett did it when uh, Jordan Spieth had that double splash down at number 12. So, But, you know, it's got a green jacket. Got a green jacket. All right, break time here at Riverwind. It's a good-looking Friday. Riverwind Casino, your one-stop entertainment shop, your one-stop shop. Really, it's kind of like, you know, we talk about everything that Cabins does, and they do everything, and their reputation is great. Well, Riverwind, you've got, you know, a one-stop shop to come out and have fun playing some games, whether it's an electronic game, a table game. They've got incredible dining options. They've got a big-time hotel. They've got a very cool gift shop, and we've got concerts outdoors and now indoors again here at Riverwind. They have everything. Coming right back, more of your texts on the way next here on The Ref. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Good to have you with us. Riverwind Casino, simply the best steak night tonight at the uh, River Buffet. Seafood night tomorrow night, big-time brunch on uh, Sundays. And, again, they've got the uh, 30K Nest Eggs Wings promotion happening. And uh, that promotion, think about these two dates, April 8th, which is a Saturday, and April 22nd, which is a Saturday as well. So we're talking about tomorrow night. The first big drawing, the preliminary drawings begin at 2 o'clock, run to 9.30. Make sure you have your wild card with you. Make sure you're playing games with your wild card. You can hear your name called. They're going to have random hot seat drawings from 2 to 9.30. You could win $400 in cash just by hearing your name called. And then they'll have another round of drawings at 10.30. This is uh, tomorrow night and again Saturday night, April 22nd. Same deal, 2 Lucky patrons are going to be grand prize winners, and they're going to win at least $1,200 in cash. And any other unclaimed cash, if they call somebody's name out and they don't collect the $400, they will win that amount as well. So get ready to participate tomorrow beginning at 2 o'clock to 9.30 for the preliminary drawings, uh, for the random hot seat drawings, and the 30K nest egg winnings promotion, and uh, also on Saturday, April 22nd, 405 651-3439. Let me check and see if Tiger made that putt on uh, number five here. Uh, 405-651-3439. By the way, I just had uh, a, uh, an old lady again. This has been two times in three weeks, Parker, that came by and blew me a kiss walking wow. by about five minutes ago. These geriatric ladies are loving what they see over here. That's because I that's mean, the, it's the world's greatest geriatric sitting in his usual spot at Riverwind Chris Casino. I mean, it, a couple weeks ago, and the lady uh, just walked by and looked at me and blew me a kiss. Okay, thank you. I might be on the cover of People Magazine, the world's sexiest geriatric. Who knows? Real soon. All right, 405-651. Tiger just made the putt on uh, number five. Another huge par putt uh, to stay at two over. And uh, five is a very difficult hole. Very, extremely difficult. The two toughest holes traditionally at Augusta are the 11th hole and the 5th hole. And if you walk away with par on either of those, you're like, thank you very much, I'm out of here. So that's... You know, that is a uh, that is a big time, big time putt for Tiger. And I'm just seeing uh, Tiger Woods' Legion tweet. 
Absolutely dead on at number six, the par three. Woods to six feet, nearly fluid in the hole. So Tiger will have a birdie opportunity at number six to get two uh, one over, and that's. it looks like the cut line now has moved to two over, par. All right, let's get some texts in before we get to Brandon next segment, 405-651-3439. Gunny of Stutzman Army says, instead of Steel Man, should we start calling you Hunk or something? Jesse G says, Mike Steely, the River Wind Romeo. <laughs> well, both of uh, these ladies have been at least – uh, I would put the over and under at 65-plus on both, but apparently they, they like what they see over here at this table two out of the last three weeks. Uh, elsewhere here on the text line, Bruce asks, and this is an interesting discussion, what is OU's worst loss last season besides the losses without Dylan, i.e. Texas and TCU? Is it mm. the West Virginia loss? Yeah, I would. I think it would be the West Virginia loss for me. I mean, uh, they brought that backup quarterback in, right? To me, and to me, the answer is Texas Tech, just because of really? how they lost that game. They scored forty-eight points. Yeah. They controlled that game for the entire first half and most of the second half, and then it all comes crashing down with shoddy defense down the stretch, and he ended up on the wrong end of a 51-48 to 48 final. Look, West Virginia was a worse team than Texas Tech. No question about that. But I would say the loss in Lubbock was actually a worse loss than the one in Morgantown. Yeah, it's uh, that, that was a bad one, too. Then you had the big Reggie Pearson Jr. hit on Dylan Gabriel, and everybody's like, oh, no, here we go. No. Um the Baylor loss was disappointing, but Baylor was, you know, driving the ball down to score again, right? So that one was a little misleading. Baylor, when they had to, when that game was on the line, just manhandled Oklahoma up front. But, uh, yeah, either of those two, pretty bad, obviously. Oh, boy. All people right. people got jokes on the text line. Tyler, Tyler from Kellyville said, Mike, reel them in, man. Another said, they may be old, but they ain't dead. Another listener oh, says, Steel Man bringing the Cougars out to Riverwind. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, these are uh, – they they both kind of look like Aunt B from the Andy Griffith Show, I'll just say. <laughs> kind of in that age range. Very uh, nice ladies, though. Very nice. Very nice. Somebody's grandmother, there's no doubt. Uh, Kendall asks, what was the Tiger Tracker account you just mentioned? T.W. Legion. Remember, we used to have Tiger Tracker, and Tiger Tracker retired. And I spent a lot of time with Tiger Tracker. But the new one that everybody's following is T.W. Legion. T.W. Legion is the one to follow now. Uh, All right. And uh, Tiger's got that short putt coming up, and I'm sure they'll tweet about it here in a second. From the 405 on the text line, karma for Big Mouth Rory talking all the trash about live golfers only for him to miss the cut and Brooks to be the leader. Well, I mean, I guess you could look at it that way. Definitely. I think Brooks and Rory actually spent some time uh, practicing together. Uh, they know each other. They're both over there in, uh, in the Jupiter, Florida area. But, you know, Rory is a traditionalist kind of guy. I mean, you know, um, but, yeah, Rory, I, I'm, I'm really surprised. I mean, I'm really surprised that um, yesterday was tough and today's obviously been tougher. But 
That first stretch at Augusta, man, you get a break kind of on number two with that par five, but that those first seven holes, they're, uh, they're no cakewalk at all. And they've lengthened number seven. And then you get another break with a par five at eight. But um, like I said, man, sometimes you can, if you have a bad round and you come out the next day and you've got to tackle those first seven holes, uh, they can, that can be a miserable experience if you're not playing well. Update from or update on the leaderboard. Obviously, Kepka has set the tone 12 under with his first two rounds complete. Sam Bennett still in sole possession of second place, eight under for the tournament, four under on the day through 16 holes. Here comes Jordan Spieth. He's making a move up the leaderboard, two under on the day, five under for the tournament through 14 holes. And Colin Morikawa is a par on 18 away from shooting his second consecutive 69 and finishing the day at six under and in fifth place on the leaderboard. There you go. All right, let's break right here. We've got Brandon Drum coming up, and uh, we'll get his thoughts on what's happening in recruiting. Uh, Parker had done this earlier. Now Brandon has a crystal ball in. Uh, you may have seen it this morning. And uh, for Grayson Harris in the 2025 class, the wide receiver out of Ennis, Texas. We'll talk to him about that. We'll talk about Michael Hawkins' decision tomorrow, which is expected to be Oklahoma. We'll do that. Uh, Sammy Brown with a visit to OU. We'll talk about that as well. Stay with us here on The Ref. Here he comes, Brandon Drum, ladies and gentlemen. Seven Sports uh, recruiting uh, guru joining us as he always does on Fridays on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Uh, Brandon, uh, Michael Hawkins' announcement expected to be a commitment for Oklahoma tomorrow. It almost looks like it's a completely done deal, particularly with the Haas Haney uh, deal as he uh, committed to TCU yesterday. What are your thoughts overall on Michael Hawkins as a prospect? Uh, I think he has a lot of upside. Um, I think he's a great athlete, super fast, uh, going to be able to escape in the pocket. Uh, he's got a good feel for some things. Uh, he's just accuracy is going to have to be worked on, and I think that's going to come with reps, uh, understanding of the offense. And as he gets more and more comfortable, uh, as the speed of the game continues to get faster and faster as he gets older. So, uh, look, he's got a huge upside. Uh, obviously comes from a big athletic family. Uh, so, I mean, Oklahoma's going to be a good one. And, and here's the thing. Getting somebody at his ilk to back up or fill in or come in behind, and I don't know, backup's kind of a bad word, to come in behind Ajax and Arnold with everything that we've been hearing about him and obviously the clout that he had coming out of high school is huge. Lincoln Riley struggled with that with the Caleb Williams of the world, the Spencer Rattlers of the world. Um, so it, to get somebody of his ilk to come in behind Jackson Arnold is a big deal. And then to get somebody to follow up, uh, obviously Hawkins, like Kevin Sperry, is another big deal. So Oklahoma, the way Jeff Levy's recruiting at that position is different than what Oklahoma fans are used to right now. So this is a big get regardless of how people feel about some of his issues, talking about Hawkins uh, and maybe kind of the things that he needs to work on a little bit. Brandon, Oklahoma led the race for Aaron Flowers, the four-star safety out of Forney, Texas, for quite a while. Then USC started to trend pretty heavily. And now, uh, just a couple hours away from his commitment, it looks like the Oregon Ducks are poised to land him. So, obviously, we know Oklahoma leads and has led for another four-star Texan safety in Jaden Hardy. But what does the rest of the safety board look like beyond Hardy at this point in time? 
Uh, I mean, you got Michael Boganowski. Um, I think he's a player to watch. I know some people feel he's a linebacker, and that's where he's going to end up and all that, but that's not where he wants to play. He feels that it's, you know, that's where almost everybody else is recruiting him as, but Oklahoma is one of the one schools that is recruiting him as a safety, and they feel like he fits that hybrid, big, Isaiah, you know, Simmons type, can play free safety, can play cheetah, can play so many different positions, kind of like Desan McCall and Justin Harrington, right, and Reggie Pearson, can play variable positions for them. And that's what they're recruiting him as, is a back-end safety type player right now. Um, and that's where he wants to play, from my understanding at this point. Uh, so they got him. You got Marquise Galagos from California Four Star uh, out of Chaminade. California is going to be coming in on a visit for the spring game. Oklahoma has a decent chance for him. And then, obviously, you got McDonald Patterson out of Westmore, who uh, Oklahoma is recruiting, one of the close friends of David Stone, and I think Oklahoma is in a really good spot for him. So they have options at safety, and they've got good options at safety. So, uh, obviously, I, we believe Jaden Hardy is going to be in the class. We believe Michael, Bel- Michael Boganowski is going to be in the class and probably – uh, McDonald Patterson is probably going to be in the class right now, but don't uh, shy away from Gallagher's. My understanding is that he really likes Coach Hall, and if this visit for the spring game goes well, you never know if an official is going to take place. And if that takes place, Oklahoma notoriously does really well with those, and you know it's a it's a coin flip after that. Brandon Drum with us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline here on this Friday. All right, uh, visit from uh, five-star linebacker Sammy Brown, the uh, number one rated linebacker in this 2024 class. Spent some time, obviously, a couple days at OU. Uh, you know, we keep hearing, Parker keeps saying as well, that Clemson is the uh, is the favorite in this race. But what kind of shot does Oklahoma have here? I mean, yeah, they're they're behind Clemson. Uh, and look, there's a lot of people that feel it's Clemson, Georgia. Uh, but I talked to somebody the other day that's been around this kid for almost a decade, essentially, and they said, do not count out Oklahoma here. And look, I don't think he's going to go to Oklahoma. But it's it's the culture at Oklahoma. It's Coach Venables. It's the whole staff around him that he's known since he was little and going to camp at Clemson and stuff like that. So uh, there is a strong relationship with that staff and the fact that, look, we reported on OU Insider, or I reported on OU Insider that, you know, Ted Roof recruited his dad out of high school. So that relationship stems deep, very deep, for decades uh, with Brown and his family, and that is why Oklahoma continues to get official visits and why they're looking to get most likely the last official visit as things stand. I'm supposed to talk to Sammy Brown here in the next day or so uh, and get some feedback on the visit a little bit. But, like, right coming into the unofficial, he was looking to have Oklahoma his last official visit. And if that's still the case, I mean, you can't count Oklahoma out. But at the same time, Clemson, he has such a great relationship with the staff that's already there. Uh, His uncle is a cheer coach at Clemson, so it. It goes deep. I mean, I I went out there to visit him, and I got the sense that Clemson is going to be very hard to beat. 
Now, Brandon, as we look elsewhere, not just in the 2024 class, but in the 2025 class at the Oklahoma Recruiting Board, you have Kevin Sperry committed, the first pledge of either class for Oklahoma. Uh, He gave his verbal to the Sooners last month. It definitely seems as though Oklahoma is closing fast on wide receiver Grayson Harris out of Ennis, Texas, in the class of 2025 as well. So pretty evident that the Sooners are going to get the ball rolling a lot earlier in the 2025 cycle than they have in the 2024 cycle. Who are some other names in that 2025 class that you've got early eyes on? Oh, man. Um, Defensive tackle out of – I can't ever pronounce his name right, so I don't want to butcher it. But I think it's Okapunu or Oka Okapunu or something Xavier like that. Xavier Oponu, yeah. Xavier Oponu out of uh, Denton Geyer. I think Oklahoma's in a really good spot uh, for him. And look, there is several players in the state of uh, Oklahoma that lo- that Oklahoma's looking at really hard. Um, I believe is Xavier Thomas out of Dakota, correct? Uh, is one of those guys like they like him at wide receiver, they like him at safety. Uh, he's kind of an athlete, and Oklahoma's looking really hard at him. So there's there's a there's plenty of guys in the state of state of Oklahoma. Parker, how many guys have they offered total? I think it's like five in 2025. Correct? Let's think in here. 2025. Uh, Elijah Thomas. Yep. Elijah C- Thomas. C.J. Nixon, Alexander yep. Shield Knight, Trane Washington. Okay, Shield Knight, I think, commits early, and I think Nixon as well will be one of those guys that commits semi early from Weatherford. And then you've got Jaden uh, Nickens, you've got Trene Washington, and uh, Tristan Haynes from Carl Albert. So yes. at least six off the top of my head. Yep. And I went out and saw Trene uh, and Tristan, and obviously they play for C4 as well. And I'll be down there this weekend talking to them. And look, here's the deal. Is both those guys favor Oklahoma? I don't know that they want to get too far away from their family. Um, and obviously their teammate Xavier Robinson is a big factor there. So I don't know how early they'll end up committing, but I would have bets on them committing if I was going to lay something like that down just right now. As far as Jaden Nickens goes, uh, look, he is out of Millwood. He's a guy that could be moving to California. Uh, a lot of rumors out there. His mom lives out there. Uh, so there's, there's some buzz to that potentially going into effect, and it's not set in stone, so that's something people need to watch. But even if that's the case, similarly to Devon Mitchell, I think Oklahoma would sit pretty with him just because if Oklahoma decides to go that route and push really hard for Nickens, which we both think they will, uh, it's, they're just going to be hard to beat because his relationship with Emmett Jones is already really strong. Uh, his relationship with Coach Venables is already really strong, uh, regardless of where he lives and how things go. Uh, similarly to Devon Mitchell, the 2025 tight end, who could soon be a 2024 tight end uh, here in the next month or two if he reclassifies. It, Oklahoma sits in a really good spot for all those guys. So I think the 2025 class as a whole, OK Preps in general, North Texas in general, is kind of Oklahoma picking and choosing who they want. Uh, because they've had two years of staff building relationships with those guys. So I I think they're going to have a great class, obviously, in 24. And I don't think I'd be crazy to say 25 could end up being the best class that they've ever had. Brandon Drum, ladies and gentlemen, always with us on uh, a Friday and delivering all the latest recruiting updates. And, again, Michael Hawkins' announcement 
uh, for Oklahoma coming tomorrow, and uh, we'll have a lot more to talk about next Friday. Have a great Easter. Brandon, thank you. All right, thank you, guys. Brandon Drum joining us real quick before we go to break. want to tell you about a great event happening, uh, and it is two weeks away. The inaugural No Bogies with Baker and Emily event benefiting Meals on Wheels of Norman, presented by... Riverwind Casino, it's happening Friday at Top Golf in Oklahoma City, Friday, April 21st, the day, the Friday before the spring game, all right? OU legends, former OU players are going to be in town for the spring game and will be in attendance. Barbecue lunch for attendees. There will be a silent auction and raffle, an opportunity to meet Baker and Emily Mayfield and uh, other Sooner legends as well. Now, there are 56 tickets, or actually there are 28 tickets still available. 28 tickets still available, and those tickets can be purchased at MealsOnWheelsNorman.com. That is MealsOnWheelsNorman.com. Proceeds from the scramble will help to provide uh, meals to the ill, the disabled, and the elderly of Norman. Uh, Meals on Wheels of Norman uh, provides meals uh, to, again, sick elderly people, disabled people, in the Norman community in October of 2022, the cost of meals on Wheels of Norman increased by 30%, equal to $80,000 or more that they will be paying uh, for meals this year. So it's gone way up. No bogeys with Baker and Emily will help the organization provide meals to the seniors of Norman at an affordable rate. So, again, 28 tickets still available. Opportunity to meet Baker and Emily like we did in the airport in Jamaica. When Shay was so happy, my lovely wife, they were super nice, super cool. Uh, and, again, MealsOnWheelsOfNorman.com is where you need to go get the tickets. 28 left. Maybe you want an autograph, a picture. You've never met uh, Baker in person. Emily's super nice. And uh, they are giving back, and Riverwind Casino is sponsoring this event. So, once again, MealsOnWheelsNorman.com to get uh, your tickets with only 28 available to go meet Baker and Emily and uh, meet some Sooner legends, get an autograph, get some pictures, and do a great thing for people in Norman who need that service. Coming right back, one more segment left here on Steel Man and Thune on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Riverwind Casino, Friday, getting ready for the weekend, round two at Augusta. Tiger, last I heard, was having some uh, big problems on the uh, seventh hole. Uh, It was looking like he was headed towards double bogey, and uh, we will check on that here in a minute. But 405-651-3439 is our text line. Parker, so you're heading uh, uh, heading down tomorrow morning to the Michael Hawkins uh, presser? Well, I'm actually headed down tonight. Uh, going to stay the night in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And, yeah, that'll be the main event tomorrow, the commitment ceremony for Michael Hawkins, four-star quarterback out of Frisco, Texas. Picking between Oklahoma and TCU, and uh, we fully expect it'll be Oklahoma. There you go. What time, what time is that happening tomorrow? That is going to be going down around 2.45 in the afternoon is when you can expect that. All right. Uh, it was a bogey for Tiger on yeah, seven, uh, so that gets him. He's on the wrong side of the cut line right now. Three over. Yep, three over. And did did they move moved it to two? Right. It's is two that what you're over saying? right now. Is the yep. projected cut? 
Well, he's on eights, but I just saw four rights. Tiger yelled four rights. So, um, man, you know what? It's uh, it's difficult to not get a lot of reps in, and the the whole debate for Tiger right now is, you know, you can't wear yourself out before a tournament, but you got to get some reps in for a tournament. And as great as he's been at Augusta National, you know, with five green jackets, it is also a situation where that is one of the most difficult golf courses to to walk in the world in terms of, and you always hear the phrase, TV doesn't do it justice, and that's right. I mean, uh, it can wear you out a little bit, man. Of course, we get to sit, you know, in, in the grandstands for a while or in a master's chair if we're there, sit down and take a little break. Uh, not for Tiger. So, um, anyway, he's going to have to rally. He's got uh, eights. He's got 13 and 15, all par fives ahead if they get uh, this round in today. And that means that, you know, he's got to go out and um, clearly uh, get a couple birdies. So, um, we'll see what happens on eight. But the tee shot on eight apparently went right. Okay. Um, by the way, the Thunder again. Big win over the Utah Jazz last night. And you see what the Mavs are doing. The Mavs are, it looks like they're waving the white flag. Tonight, uh, they are scheduled to play the Bulls. And again, with Oklahoma City's win last night, all Oklahoma City has to do is win Sunday. Or if the Mavs lose tonight or Sunday, Oklahoma City's in. So, But the Mavs tonight, no Kyrie Irving, no Tim Hardaway Jr., no Christian Wood, no Josh Green. Luca looks like he's going to play, but what that is telling you is look like it looks like the Mavs uh, are probably waving the surrender flag, and Oklahoma City is going to be in the play-in. And again, even if the Mavs had uh, put that, and again, they still could win this game tonight. They could win this game against Chicago, but uh, it looks like they're making an effort not to. So, again, for if you're a Thunder fan, all you know is Oklahoma City, again, could be in with a Dallas loss tonight to Chicago in Dallas. And, of course, also if the Thunder, let's say the Mavs win tonight, all Oklahoma City's got to do is beat Memphis again. And I would expect the Grizzlies to have a makeshift lineup because they're not going anywhere in terms of seeding. So it, it looks like, again, the Thunder's going to be the 10 seed in the playoff tournament so that'll be cool really cool and a good win 114 to 98 last night of course utah they didn't have Lori marketing they didn't have jordan clarkson they didn't have colin sexton they didn't have rudy gay they didn't have uh, uh walker kessler who uh had the concussion so once again uh you know you oklahoma city was actually a six and a half point favorite going into that game so and they got it done Okay, Parker, any final thoughts for today? No, not really. Rooting for, who, who are you rooting for this weekend realistically to bring home the Masters title, Steely? It's not going to be um, Tiger. Man, Rory's out of it. I mean, Sam Bennett would be a great story for an amateur to win, but, I, you know, is that realistic? The way he's playing, maybe. I'd like to see Jason Day get it done or Jordan Spieth get it done. I'm not a huge Kepka guy. Uh, he's a little too cocky and arrogant for me. But, look, he's going to be tough to beat the way he's playing right now. So I would go with Jason Dye or 
Jordan among some of the uh, or Sam Bennett again would be a tremendous story. The uh, amateur from Texas A and M usually don't want A and M people to win anything, but that would be cool. Want to thank our friends here at Riverwind and the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Everybody have a great weekend. Locked in is coming up next.